0: Welcome to the SLP Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Sarah Lockhart.
1: And I'm Sari Wu.
0: And our goal with this podcast is to bring more fun, joy, and maybe even organization into your home and work life to become an even happier, more content SLP. We are SLPs in the trenches, just like you. And we know that in order for us to care for others, It's essential that we get even better at taking good care of ourselves. Sari and I are learning these lessons as we go, and we're inviting you in on the conversation. We hope this podcast is helpful, fun, and that our tips and tricks help make your work and home life more manageable.
1: This episode is brought to you by our online shop, where you can find t-shirts, mouse pads, hats, totes, mugs, stickers, and more based on our self-care designs. You can find the perfect self-care reminder for your workday by visiting slphappyhour.com
0: shop. And getting into this episode, we are going to talk about wisdom from the Gilmore Girls, and <laughs> we are super fans. That's
1: Lorelai and... Lorelei, her daughter, also known as Rory, for those of you who didn't know their names.
0: (laughs) And we'll also chat about the Sunday Blues, what they are, and how we take them on, some strategies you can try to do the same. But first up, a podcast review.
1: So podcast reviews help others know what to expect from our podcast. They help us find more listeners who could benefit from the podcast. And reviews help us rank better on podcast players. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please send us your review. We read every single one and really do love each one and appreciate that as busy SLPs to SLP students, you took the time to write them. Here's our featured review this time around. Username, Pod 123 I hope I said that right, wrote, This SLP podcast is such a breath of fresh air. This is an encouraging podcast covering real life scenarios and often focused on self care. I look forward to each new episode, often listening before my workday's inspiration. Thank you, Sarah and Sari, for keeping it real. I loved that review.
0: And please, if you haven't left a podcast review, take a few minutes to rate and review us on your podcast player. We read every single review and we appreciate them so much. And those reviews help other like-minded SLPs find our podcast.
1: Exactly. Thank
0: you for that review. So, Sari, what's this fall been like for you? So how how are you doing now that you're working in the schools full-time again?
1: Well, today was a busy day. Um... For those of you who don't know, I think we start school a little later than um, a lot of other school districts from the Midwest over to the East, and actually even than California's. But our state started after Labor Day, and my school district, we started speech therapy this week. This is the first week of speech for me, so I'm still working out the kinks a little bit in my schedule. And today was so back-to-back with my groups that I had hardly any downtime, and my head, honestly, is still spinning from how busy my day was that is my complete and honest answer how about you sarah
0: yeah, so the beginning of the school year, it's so wonderful to see students again, because mm-hmm. that's why we're there, right? So that part is so exciting, but that's it's true. full of ups and downs, because getting back into the swing of things and the schedule and things are so busy in the fall is really tricky. So right. yeah, that's what I, I can relate to that. So on my end, I would say the fall is always really busy with you know transitions and move-ins. And where I'm at right now is just that... I think my team is pretty stressed. So it's we're all working really hard, and I think past our limit, maybe. Um, So it's just a matter of doing what we can during the school hours, being very kind and supportive to each other, which thankfully we have been, and trying to not take anything personally when everyone (laughs) around you is stressed and doing their best. So for me, I actually... um, After today, I was like, you know what, I need a break. So I added up, since I contract in the schools, I added up my hours for the month. And since, you know, we're getting towards the end of the month as we're recording this, um, I have some extra hours. So I'm actually taking a few hours off um, tomorrow afternoon, and I'm going to have a late lunch with my husband, maybe catch a movie or go to a coffee shop. And definitely do the self care stuff that I talk about <laughs> on the
1: podcast,
0: because you know what, it's it's rough and you have to do it. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: Oh, good. You'll have to you'll have to tell me all about it afterwards. You deserve a little break. Good for you. Good. And so,
0: speaking of rough times or dark days, since <laughs> the fall has been so busy, um, I've actually been thinking about a Gilmore Girls segment. So, Sarah. Do you remember the episode when Luke
1: has a dark day? Yes, yes, I do. And I remember that Lorelai has to get to the bottom of it.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the point here is no one in town knows where he is. He doesn't talk to anyone. He doesn't tell anyone what he does every year on his dark day. You can't reach him on his cell phone, which, of course, he doesn't have a cell phone. But he just powers down goes away, and doesn't talk to anyone.
1: Which I seem to remember that he doesn't really like cell phones anyway, or talking to other people very much in general, at least in the beginning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But here's a clip for our listeners from that episode in season five. Miss Patty is having a party and invites Lorelai, who says she'll bring Luke too, not knowing that there's no way that he's going to come. Listen in. No, honey, the party's on Tuesday, the 30th. So? So the 30th is the dark day. What dark day? Luke's dark day, the, the day that he disappears. Disappears where? Nobody knows, nobody knows where he goes or what he does. All we know is not to try and find him. Why didn't I know about this? I don't know, honey, everyone else does. Anyhow, you come yourself, okay?
2: Eight o'clock. I'll be there. See you Tuesday, Patty.
0: I love that clip. And by season five, thankfully... Luke and Lorelai are finally together. (laughs) So it turns out on the dark day, he just kind of disappears. So since we talk about, you know, ways to be happier SLPs and humans on this podcast, I think it's actually... Fantastic question that we could ask each other. So, if you had a yearly dark day where you go dark, figuratively, it doesn't have to actually be a sad day, but what would you do? So, it's when you power down, you have no demands on your time, you can do what you want, you could leave town, you could stay cuddled up at home, you could take a break from whatever your usual responsibilities or to do's are. And you can do what you want. So what would it be for you?
1: Well, when I was a kid, I would just run outside. When we lived on this little apple orchard and often my dad, you know, if he hadn't had time to mow the yard outside, I would, there would be this really tall grass and I would just go and hide and just literally lay in the grass for hours. Like just imagine a ragamuffin kid with bare feet completely hiding, laying flat on the ground, bugs and all, in the grass and nobody could see me because the grass like completely covered me up. So you look out and my mom would have to call for me to see me and I loved that. Now I'm really the same, Like I have to get outside and I like to be very alone, kind of like Luke. So that could be going on a hike and I try to find a hike where there's not other people or too many other people, going to the lake, um, going for a walk on the beach, by the ocean. Those are ideal. What about you, Sarah?
0: Yeah, your childhood sounds so relaxing. So I grew up in the city, so I had, you know, this like opposite childhood experience. (laughs) So when I hear you talk about just laying in the grass, I'm just like, oh, that sounds so fantastic. So I would basically do what I'm doing this Friday afternoon when I'm, you know, leaving work a few hours early. Um, And by the way, I know that I'm very lucky and fortunate that I get to do that. So Mm -hmm. um, what I would do is maybe bake something. Uh, This past weekend, I baked these awesome apricot snack bars that were delicious. I would watch a Jane Austen film or a Gilmore Girls episode or The Great British Baking Show, which I know is a source of relaxation for you too, Sari. Yep, that's true. I would read and then i would do some like physical movement like walk hike outdoors yoga my bar workout or a slow leisurely trip to the coffee shop like i just have this idea in my mind instead of like rushing and grabbing a coffee and leaving which is all i feel i've had time for lately like just sitting there <laughs> seems like the most luxurious thing ever so that's what i would do and here's my question for you so Did you learn anything, like, was this dark day, strange idea I had for a segment, was it (laughs) helpful? Like, did you learn anything from what you would do on your dark day um, that you could do now that you don't have to wait to do? Or does it make you want to maybe go off the grid and get
1: away for a day? Well, I I think reflecting on it just kind of makes me realize that I know i feel calmer when I do get outside, when I'm doing something outside, whatever that is. And I think that's why sometimes it's hard for me to calm down during the work week because I come home, I do things at home, do whatever I need to do, and and just, I mean, I live in kind of a suburban area. I don't really have a good spot where I can go immerse myself and be isolated in nature. And I think that's something that's really good for me to be aware of and know that I probably need that outside alone time to de-stress. And if I'm feeling like my work week was so crazy, like maybe I feel a little bit like that today, I need to plan some time maybe this weekend to do that for myself.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. Same here. And um, if you ever need a place to chill out, we have a giant garden. <laughs> so just come on by. No, you don't even have to tell us you're here. Just sneak on back. Um, so I think we're ready for our next segment, which, wow, we are just on a roll here where we're going to talk about <laughs> Sunday blues. Uh, this was unintentional. But um, tell us about the next segment, Sari. <laughs> sure,
1: sure. Um, so, you know, we were just talking about dark dates, which kind of ties into our next segment, which we have called from the speech room of, and it's all about what we are talking and dealing with in our work lives lately. And today's topic is Sunday blues. What are they, and do we struggle with them?
0: So the Sunday blues is something, I, I learned that term fairly recently, and it's that feeling of you know doom and gloom that the work week is about to come up. So you might feel tired, anxious or busy or like you just don't care and you can't get excited about
1: work. Right. And Sunday blues can range between just the general feeling of disappointment that your weekend is over on the minor side, or to the extreme feeling of apprehension and anxiousness about going back to work. And this extreme can be so bad that you have trouble sleeping, you feel like your chest is heavy... Or you have that horrible sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach that just won't go away.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and I, I have struggled with the Sunday blues on and off and mostly in the past when I've had challenging jobs. So thankfully right now, I really enjoy my jobs, even, even when they're difficult. Um, so how about you, Sari?
1: I too experience the Sunday blues. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And yeah, it's uh, a lot of times it's if there's something big coming up in the week or um, if I don't fully feel prepared, uh, I'll start to feel very anxious and apprehensive about going to work. And then some days I don't feel it at all and I'm looking forward to it. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think that when I reflect on times where I felt it the most, because here we want to like You know, say what the Sunday blues are, but then, like, what can you do about them, right? We want to, like, get to the good stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, most of my problem is that I schedule in too much or I don't get things done on the weekend that I wanted to get done. So just trying to, like, tidy and clean the house, trying to prep my food and being ready for the week, that helps Mm -hmm. me a
1: lot. I can totally relate to everything you just said. It's that classic story of too much to do and too little time to do it. So let's go ahead and troubleshoot a little bit.
0: So yeah, for I think for me,, um, my basic, you know, best advice is to first of all, make sure that you're not experiencing burnout because those things that you were describing, On, you know, there's kind of a low side of Sunday blues and a high side. On that high side are also burnout symptoms. So be careful. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. I've experienced burnout in my life as an SLP. I think it's really normal. Um, SLPs that I know who've been doing this for as long as I have have also struggled with um, burnout, maybe one time, maybe several times, um, maybe constantly. Uh, So just to Read some on burnout and make sure that it really is the Sunday blues and not burnout. Um, Make sure that you like your job. Really think about, like, is this just the Sunday blues or am I struggling with my job? Because we've talked about this before. There are more jobs, right? My worst Sunday blues has been when I'm... Uh, overworked and unhappy with wherever I have to go on Monday. Um, And then some things I do is I do work Sunday nights for about an hour and I prep for my Monday. That helps me a lot. It helps me to feel relaxed and prepared and it helps Mondays go more smoothly. Um, And right now, my Mondays are really overscheduled. There's way too much going on. So something that I'm currently trying to do unsuccessfully, but, you know, ideally, is to um, have fewer, you know, sessions, fewer meetings on Mondays and make it a bit more of a lighter day so that Sundays aren't so stressful.
1: I love all of your tips. I love all of them. And I feel like I only have a few things to add, but um, I don't know if they're as poignant as yours because, you know, I'm coming at this from less experience, but... From my limited experience, the few things that I do think have helped me so far um, is really preparing for Monday the week before. And I, I don't think that means that you should stay late. I just know that I don't feel as anxious on Monday if everything is prepped for and ready for me to just slide right in, pick it up, and go. I don't have to do anything when I show up on Monday. It's all ready. And whatever that looks like for you, prepping throughout the week, prepping on Friday, Even if you don't have Tuesday completely prepared for, get Monday completely prepared for because that really eases my mind. Um, Another tip that I would say is um, give yourself a commitment after work. Um, And I know that you're probably like, what? As if I don't have enough to worry about on Mondays. But I don't actually mean give yourself like an obligation that's gonna make you feel stressed. I mean, give yourself a commitment that you're gonna look forward to and will feel obligated to leave work on time for. <laughs> so basically, give yourself a reason to leave on time on Monday and something that you're gonna look forward to. It could be a special dinner. It could be one of your favorite foods. It could be a phone call to one of your favorite people or date night or night out with your friends. Find a way to celebrate Mondays, and in this way, who knows? Maybe you'll start to even like them. I don't know. I I, I need to take some data on that one because it's not completely working for me. Too. But <laughs> yeah, like we'll
0: like Mondays with twenty five percent accuracy. That's yeah, our like yeah. ideal. <laughs> we
1: just want to see progress. <laughs>
0: yeah, progress over perfection always. So to wrap it up, uh, we talked about how we're doing with the fall. Um, and how it's a challenge, but we're really trying to reconnect with what what feels good now, right? So I'm going to take an afternoon off. Sari's going to find some tall grass to sit in. <laughs> um, and we're both going to have a Luke's dark day, which is really going to be a bright day and a ray of sunshine for us. Because, you know, you can't always work at 110%. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're
1: going from here. Up next, we have an interview with Jessie Andrix, who is calling from Raleigh, North Carolina. Jessie is an SLP in the telepractice setting. She's a yoga teacher and is also a stress management and burnout coach. She's an SLP who went through burnout personally and now has made it her life's work to help us manage stress and work through burnout and get to the other side too. She is full of some really incredible wisdom on this topic And we are both looking forward to hearing more.
0: And she's here with us now. So welcome,
2: Jessie. Hi. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm really excited to talk with you guys.
1: So, Jessie, we start our interviews with a round of questions just to kind of warm up and get to know you better. Are you up for it? I am. Okay. Here we go. Uh, The last thing you did for self-care was? Oh, I did some
2: meditation yesterday.
1: Okay. Something I'd like people to know about self-care
2: is? It doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it seem. Mm -hmm. One
1: lesson that you've learned lately was?
2: Oh, that is a good one. Um, Again, not to put too much pressure on my own self to be a perfect SLP or to please everyone that is around me.
0: Yeah, I think I'm constantly relearning
1: that. So that's great. Mm -hmm. Craziest name for a yoga pose.
2: Um, There are some, um, there are some good ones out there. Um, Craziest name for a yoga pose. Um, I like, so there's one called like half um, split, which that's not that crazy of a name, but half Hanumanasana, which is just a tongue twister. Mm -hmm. But the whole story about it is that like, the the story is like it's like the monkey god that goes down into like i think the underworld to save a princess or, or something that could be totally wrong but it's like he takes this like giant step from one island to the other as if he's like doing a split and i was like that is the craziest backstory to stretching your hands straight, <laughs> that i think i've ever heard <laughs>
0: Alright, so we are ready to get into uh, the meat of this interview and Jesse part of what you do now is helping other SLPs and professionals manage stress and burnout. And um, can you tell me a little bit about a time when you were stressed or burned out as an SLP and how it brought you to the work that you're doing
2: now. Yeah, so I think that well, for me, I know that it will always be something that I think I'll deal with, um, because like we said, we're, we're always learning how to deal with not putting so much pressure on ourselves and not taking on so much, and as SLPs, we know that there's just so much that we can do, and there are so many people out there that we want to help or that need our help, and um our field is so huge. So I think that it's really easy for us to take on too much or to feel guilty if we don't take on and and all of that. So I think that will always be a little bit of a balancing act. But Mm -hmm. when I was probably about, I think it was three years into the being an SLP. um, I was just so stressed and I didn't know what burnout was. I just, I thought, Oh my gosh, what, what have I done? I spent all this money and all this time because my undergrad was also speech. So I spent six years studying this and I thought I loved it. And now I just made the worst decision of my life and I hate it and I'm stuck and I don't know what to do. And so I felt that way for about a year, like every day waking up and thinking, why is this what I have to do? Why can't I do something else? And it was a lot of that, like, why me? Like, why is this happening to me? And now I know from studying burnout that that's like one of the big like signs of burnout when things start to feel really cynical or feel like it's kind of attacking you like that is burnout. And so it wasn't anything specific. I think that I'd worked in a lot of different settings in a short amount of time. I had had a few managers um, that just turned out to not be really great managers and not really great people. and, And a lot of things that ended up being more about billing than the actual therapy. And then I was laid off from a position due to budget cuts. And I ended up working in the schools and The school itself was amazing and supportive. The caseload was huge, and um, I went in midway through the year, so I was actually taking over someone else's schedule. So it was just a lot of different things that just sort of piled up for me, and I didn't know what to do with them. And I knew in grad school that I was starting to feel this way um, because I felt like there wasn't a lot of balance between studying in school and like having a life outside of school. So yeah. I worked at a restaurant five, five days or nights a week. And then I also was in school full time. And it was kind of like if I had any situation that was something outside of school, it was like, oh no, school is your first priority. Like this is your life now. This is what you do. And that never sat well with me because our lives are full of so many different things and so many different parts that make them whole. So it was kind of this feeling of being stuck that started a little in grad school and then just kept going. And I got to the point that I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I found a yoga job and I'm gonna do this and that's what I'm doing. And um, so I did that and that yoga job was terrible. Oh, really? <laughs> it was, okay. It was yeah, it was not a very, a um, very, uh, good environment to work in, and so I learned then that, you know, just because I wouldn't be in speech didn't mean that, like, everything would be perfect, Mm -hmm. Um, but I kept going and found some other places, you know, and, and I actually at one point decided I would never, ever, ever do speech therapy again, and I let my C's go, and I let my license go, and I was like, all right, I'm done, like, I'm never doing it again and then i am doing it again
0: so, <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah
2: it it but it got to a point that i just felt like this is it i need a break and um and i i i just found a way to do it and i don't regret it but i don't think you know that that is the best thing to do i don't ever recommend that for anyone else
0: like taking a complete break from the profession. Yeah,
2: like just quitting. Like, I think it's okay if you do it, like you're like, okay, I'm going to take a break and explore this other thing, but you're not like saying, hey, I'm done. Like, I think that it's better to kind of try and work through it first and see if it is just that you're burnt out or you maybe need some like support and ways to manage stress and that it's not like you chose the wrong career and there are some of us that did choose the wrong career. I think that, you know, coming back, I have this huge interest in it again, but you know, at the time I I didn't think I did. Um, So it can sometimes be kind of uh, hard to figure out, you know, like which it is, but. Right, like what is my place
0: in this profession? And your relationship with your job is a relationship, so make
2: sure it's a healthy relationship. And it's I mean it's huge because most people like even if you work part time, that is still such a huge part of your day in your life. But most people work full time. So it is the majority of your waking hours. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So what would you want? I think you described burnout really well earlier when you were talking about your experience. I've gone through burnout too. And when I was in burnout, I just felt really ineffective. I felt like the work that I did didn't matter. I felt like I wasn't appreciated. Um, It was really difficult to get motivated to go Mm -hmm. into work. So those were kind of my signs. And actually when I went through burnout at one point, I was like, I want to quit and be a yoga teacher. That was when I was deciding, which is so funny, which is I think why, why we get along so well, Jesse. But it took me about two years to leave because I was afraid. And it was, you know, it was a scary leap. So two questions at once, yeah. cause I know you can handle it. Um, cause I've interviewed you before. So, um, one is how would you describe burnout? And then the second one is now that you're reapproaching this profession, what do you like about it now that you have this new perspective?
2: Oh, yeah. So burnout is, it is a lot different than being really stressed out. So when we're really stressed out, um, if we stay really stressed out and it becomes chronic stress, that ends up leading to burnout if like we don't take care of it. So when we're really stressed, it still sucks and it's terrible, but it's more like we get hyper, like focused and hyper act like active about our work. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so, I've got to get this done. I've got to, you know, I've got this deadline. I'm going to do all this stuff. And we're like energetic, but not in a good way. And that's kind of more like we're frantic and frazzled and that's kind of more stress. Like we really care a lot about it and that's why we're kind of in like a panic about things when we're stressed. And then if you keep on doing that, you just get to the point that you like, you can't live in that state for very long. So you go from like super panicked and frazzled and really like caring and pushing and doing so much more to like the complete opposite where you just are kind of like, you yeah, know, I don't even care anymore. And the unfortunate thing is that it can look like you're a really laid back, like chill. Well, it's, it's mm-hmm. cool. It'll all, it'll all fall into place. And I know that that is what my um, principal, when I worked at the school, like the principal and the assistant principal, that is what they thought of me they were like you're just so me too me too and I was like what are you seeing yes I got those comments a lot in your head you're just like like are you serious or you're just like wow you have no idea that I am just like not wanting to be here it's not that I'm just like so Mm -hmm. calm um so it's really hard for other people to see but it is it's like this apathy towards everything like you just don't you don't care. It's not that you don't care about your clients or your students or patients, but you just are so disconnected from everything that you're like, you know what, I guess it'll get done if if it needs to get done. If not, someone will do it like, or, you know, maybe I'm not even that important in the first place. And you just kind of go into like this negative, instead of this like anxiety driven negative spiral where you're like, I've got to get this done. I need to do this. It's more of almost like the depressive type where it's like, why even bother? Who cares? Like it's, it's not that important. So with burnout, you start to feel like you are disconnecting from everything. And then that's kind of when you know that you are in that place of, of being burnt out instead of just being stressed or even in that chronic stress, like you've moved into burnout. Mm
0: -hmm. And so I know, um, one of the things that uh, we were hoping to chat about today and that can really help when you're starting to feel those twinges of maybe apathy or just even going through a period of high stress is to really have a, a strong and restorative evening routine just because that's your transition from your you know, hectic work life to maybe, you know, your cup is empty, to use that phrase, um, to, to refill your cup. So can you talk to us a little bit about ways to develop healthy evening routines when we start to feel those uh, twinges of chronic stress and what that might look like?
2: Yeah, so evening routines are really great to have because um, they help to give you kind of like a a pause before you start it all over again the next day. But they're also like, I prefer them a bit over a morning routine because I know that for me in the morning, I already feel a little bit rushed and adding in a like, even a not complex ritual of some kind, but adding anything extra in might make me feel more stressed. So I like an evening routine and it also gives the sense of like grounding down and letting go of the day and so I think that a big thing to make sure is that if you have an evening routine it is not about your work or prepping for your work the next day so I think a lot of times we think, okay, yeah, I have an evening routine. I make my lunch. I make sure that the laundry is done or I have my clothes picked out and make sure that I have looked at my planner or written things down. Um, and then, you know, that I've got everything I need ready to go for work. And those, you know, for people that like to do that, those are important, but with this type of evening routine, it's more like something you can do for yourself. So, I think the ones that are really great are ones that go a little bit deeper. Um, So, and what I mean by that is like not, well, this probably gives not much more of an explanation, but not like on the surface, like taking a warm bath is really nice. And some people really enjoy it, but, or, you know, lighting a candle or um, reading a book, like these are all really great things to do. Um and they will help you kind of calm down in the evening, but I think if you could take it a step further it would help you get like even more out of it um, so for me, I like to have a meditation practice where um, you know you focus on breathing or focus on finding tension in the body and releasing it somehow um, or even like a, More restorative yoga, or um, you know, some kind of practice like stretching or something like that, if your body's feeling really tense or you haven't moved much during the day. Um, And I also really like journaling, Um, and I especially like gratitude journaling because it helps you to. So, when you gratitude journal, you're usually writing about like positive moments from your day, and it helps you to rewire your brain like our brains like to look for things that are going to harm us, so it helps our brain to look for things that are nice, and it helps you reflect on your day and think like, oh man, today may have been really hard, but look at these really nice moments that happened, um, and then it helps you end your day in this like really nice, relaxing, but also really positive moment, so I think journaling is one of like the greatest things you can do but if that is totally not your thing I would say some sort of like breathing or meditation um and then you know those other little pieces like reading a really great book taking time for yourself to do that having a warm bath if that's your thing um those could be really great as well
1: mm-hmm. okay so Jesse, we talked a lot about what burnout is and, you know, what it feels like. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your tips for what to do about it when you catch yourself starting to feel that anxiety?
2: Yeah, so the good thing is that even if you are, like, just having a kind of stressful day or you are, like, feeling full-blown, burnt out, the things you can do are pretty much the same. So they work across the board with it. Um, But really... Finding time to be mindful, and so when we think about being mindful, it's just like having an awareness of what's going on for you. Like if you're feeling really irritable and grumpy, like being mindful or aware of like where that's coming from. If there's something out of balance, whether it's at work or at home, that's throwing things off um, in either place, and then starting to incorporate some sort of like positive. In your life because a lot of times especially once you get into burnout um you start to feel really negative a lot or just kind of apathetic about things so when you start to have some sort of a positive practice um it starts to cultivate more and more of that which can then help you to instead be in instead of being in like a negative spiral with your thoughts and your feelings you kind of go into a positive spiral so you start to see more and more of it And then the best way to do that is through self-care, which sounds so, like, cliche and trendy and, like, you know, oh, just do something really nice, like, but it really does do so much for you, Um, and you could think of it as self-care, or you could think of it as, like, a reset, so for me, my self-care is, um, like, if I'm going to take a lot of time to do it, I do yoga, and I'll take, like, an hour and go somewhere and, take a yoga class and I feel like someone has just hit a reset button and I feel like, okay, I can think clearly now. I'm kind of out of that moment of stress or I'm not feeling as burnout. I can really feel what I need to feel. I process it and move on a little bit more. Um, so self-care is, is so, so important and creating some sort of routine around that where you are, where, you know, you're going to be able to like, nourish yourself or fill your cup or kind of whatever you want to think of it as Mm -hmm. and that'll really help with that
0: and um
2: and every
0: interview we ask if um whoever we've interviewed has a self-care
2: challenge
0: for our listeners a simple way something you can do easily to take better care of yourself so what is your self-care challenge for us
2: oh that is a good one so i would challenge everyone I challenge everyone to take like 10 minutes for themselves each evening, whether it is to make dinner, if that's kind of your self-care, like not feeling the stress around making it for everyone, but, um, but being able to do that. Or maybe it's after dinner, like if you have kids, have someone else, you know, do the bath time routine while you take a little bit of time for yourself, or right before you go to bed but having 10 minutes to do something for yourself where you're not having to worry about anyone else is amazing.
1: And, and
0: starting there, having yes. that be your start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it can grow from there. Where can people find you online?
2: So people can find me, um, at my website, jessieandrix.com or, um, the Facebook group stressed out SLPs, um, and also on Instagram at jessieandrix.
0: And what is something that either personally or professionally is keeping you busy these days?
1: So
2: personally is my two year old for sure. Very busy (laughs) (laughs) on my toes a lot, but in a really fun, fun way. Um, definitely, especially with the summertime, like being, being off from, from working in school, um, and spending so much time together, that definitely is keeping me busy, but professionally, um, Taking the summer off from schools gives me the time to really dive into the coaching side of things a little bit more. So um, we have been working with the, um, a coaching group that we're actually running right now. And I plan on running again this fall called SLP Stress Management. And it's a six week program um, with one hour calls and then support through a private Facebook group that um, is designed to help people understand why we're so stressed as SLPs and what we can do, like that it's not our fault, there's nothing wrong with us, Um, what we can do to start to work through it and reduce it, and then how we can better manage it um, throughout the year.
0: And Jesse, can you tell us about the blog post that you are writing just for our listeners?
2: Yes, so... Um, I have a blog post that will be for you guys all around creating your nighttime ritual and how you can do it without adding more stress to your life and how you can really find that um, rhythm and balance to ground down in the evenings, recharge a little bit and feel better and refreshed for the next day.
0: And we will have the blog post in the show notes so that you can read it too. All right. Thank you so much for coming, Jesse. I learned so much today. Thank you guys for having me. And that concludes this episode of SLP Happy Hour. We hope this episode was fun and helpful. Wherever you are on your SLP journey, we hope you feel more connected and empowered by listening today. Let's figure this out together. By sharing our experiences and perspectives, we can become more connected to each other and more forgiving of ourselves. Let's navigate through these thorny issues together. Remember this week to think about what you do on your dark day. Dun dun dun! (laughs) And what you can learn about yourself from thinking about what you do
1: on yours. And if you want to watch the episode we are referring to, the episode is called Not As Cute As A Pushkin. Also, consider
0: if you've got the Sunday blues, and if so, what you're going to try for a calmer and
1: cooler Sunday. Remember, our big ask this episode is that you write a podcast review. We love them. We read every single one, and we really appreciate the time that you take to write them. If you want to connect with us, you can visit our website, slphappyhour.com, or find us on social media as SLP happy hour. We hope you enjoyed the show and that this was a little slice of an SLP happy hour for you. We've enjoyed recording it. Thank you for listening until next time.